right, everybody, as we mentioned, uh, we have a very special guest, a returning guest uh, with us on the call to Maction podcast, none other than Miami wide receiver Jack Sorensen. Jack, how you doing this morning? I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, of course. Uh, the last time I saw you, although I don't know if you saw me, was uh, down at the Frisco Bowl, or I guess, what would they call that? The... Uh, Frisco Classic. Frisco Classic. Frisco Classic, uh, which you guys took away a win. Um, you know, first congrats on that. And, and how has life been uh, since that final game when you guys got that victory down in Texas? Yeah, man, I think consistency in my schedule has gone off the window. Um, you never really know what each day is going to bring, uh, who you're going to get to talk to, um, what your agent's going to tell you, uh, what you're doing at training that day. You're gonna have to get on the road and go somewhere. Um, so, just like you gotta, you gotta learn to um, be comfortable with inconsistency. Um, I think that's the main thing. But it's been, it's been an awesome ride. It's been a great journey and created some awesome memories. So it's been, it's been a good time. You said being uncomfortable with in, un, inconsistency. What does that mean to you? Uh, I think it just means like you have to wake up and be okay with throwing whatever plan you had for your day out the window. Um, cause I mean, you, I, I'm a plan oriented guy. I love waking up and having an agenda for the day, a checklist, things I can cross off as I go through the day. Um, and what I had to learn through this kind of these, however many weeks, couple months of training for the, uh, the pro day and then, um, life after the pro day, kind of just training for, um, hopefully to be drafted or to, or to get a, um, an opportunity. Um, it's just that you have to be okay with, um, waking up and changing all of your plans for that day to um, to drive down to Oxford to, to do a workout, you know, with the Bengals or something like that. Um, you just, you, you got to be okay with not always doing what was planned for the day, which is sometimes difficult because for the past six years in college, I've known what I'm doing years in advance. So yeah, uh, I, a good change though. What, what has this journey been for you? The, the, the path to the NFL journey. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, for a lot of guys, hopefully it's been a dream um, that they've had for their whole entire lives. And for me, it's been a dream I've had for my whole life. Um, when I was six, I wrote myself a letter saying what I would hope I would be doing um, when I was 23, 24. Um, I got the letter a couple of months ago. Um, and in the letter, it said playing in the NFL and, you know, doing this and that. And it was just cool to see that I'm still pursuing my childhood dream. Um, and I think that means the, the most to me um, going through every single day and remembering, you know, this journey started when I was how old you are in fifth, sixth grade. Um, so every day I'm just grateful that I get to wake up and do what I've dreamed of doing since I've been six. And I don't think a lot of people um, can say that. So I'm just grateful. That's awesome. So, so was this a school thing or your parents kept the letter? Like, is this like a time capsule thing that they did? They And then just send yeah, you to the letter? Yeah, it was through our school. So I think it was like my sixth grade math teacher. <laughs> yeah, she just, she had, had done it with uh, years past and had received great feedback. So um, she had has been doing it with every single new sixth grade class that comes in. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> that idea. is 
That is pretty cool. Um, and, and I feel you on the, uh, with, with two kids, I know the changing the plans for the day. I mean, you're speaking to that. Like, yeah, you, you have a plan, you have a plan in that morning and that goes out the window within like five minutes. So, uh, I, I kinda, I kinda feel you on that. It, although I haven't gone through this whole NFL draft process, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, to, to, to be cool with that is, is a good trait to have. Uh, you talk about the dream of yours. What, what has been, what have been some of your favorite parts of this process and maybe some that you're like, man, you know, I could do without that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my favorite part of these, of this process is, um, just meeting people that you would have never met. Um, if you, you know, stayed in your walk of life, you know, um, football allows me to meet so many different people from so many different walks of life, um, that I would have never gotten the opportunity to meet. Um, and, you act, you create great friendships with new people. And I think that's, that's the best part is you learn how to interact with people that you share no similarities with. Um, you learn a lot about different cultures and, and different ethnic backgrounds and stuff like that. And it's just, it's cool. I, I don't know any other place um, that you get the opportunity to, you know, battle through mental hardships, um, physical hardships. Um, you're with each other and um, for four or five years, um, learning everything about each other to try to create a culture that's conducive to winning and growth and all these different things. And it's, it's unique. And um, I'm appreciative that football's allowed me to have those experiences. You spoke about that's everything. You spoke about the five years and uh, what's your major? Uh, I'm a marketing and human capital management major with a focus in economics. Human capital major. What, what does that entail? Uh, it's, kind of the understanding of how onboarding and offboarding, so bringing on more talent into a company and releasing talent, how that has an economic impact in industries and on, um, uh, like just on a business in general. So have you learned through that major how to pitch yourself, say yourself, and and what what are some of your pinpoints of how you can bring economic but also leadership management uh, skills to, yeah, to an um, NFL team. Yeah, I think you know, through for for any company, right? You're you're applying for a job. They want to see your resume. They they want to see your pedigree of success. Um, because you want to bring in people that can create successful cultures um, and motivate people uh, intrinsically and extrinsically. Um, and I think what if you were to look at my resume or my pedigree. Um, and you look all the way back from when I started football, um, when I was in peewee football, right? We went and won the Super Bowl. We went down to Nationals. In high school, um, I went and helped our team win its first ever state championship mm. in a really competitive, large district. Um, and then in college, I came and helped with a bunch of other guys, create a culture, um, change a culture from um, a culture that was more me-focused and turned it into um, a culture that everybody leaned on each other and under, but understood what tasks they needed to complete and created a winning culture and ended up um, you know, achieving the ultimate goal of winning that MAC championship, which we hadn't done in um, a decade or two. Um, so I think if, you, if, if I put my resume on the table, um, hopefully in front of an employer or an NFL team, they would see I have a, a, a track record of understanding how to create a culture of success um, and winning and then sustainability throughout that. 
Sure, sure. I uh, love that. Yeah, that's great. How how, how do you um, how do you go to Miami and actually just playing in the MAC? How do you think that's prepared you uh, for heading to the NFL? Um, yeah, I think I think what people don't understand, like right, is like the MAC is is guys that are an inch, two inches too short, yep. or a couple pounds too light. Um, it's it's separated by small margins um, from the G five to the Power five. And so you get these guys that are real, that, that have a real chip on their shoulder and play very diff, very hard-nosed, you know, blue-collar football. Um, so I think the um, – I'll have a – what I bring is I, I understand how to, how to play against very physical, aggressive, fast um, defenses um, and individuals. And I think that is a very valuable asset. Um, moving into the NFL because they always say the NFL is your your margin of error and the windows are you know from a couple feet to now a couple inches and I think just having that understanding of playing in extremely fast up-tempo offenses and against extremely fast changing defenses um, will give me uh, you know a little leg up against other people. Yeah, I, I always remember you, you started your answer there. Uh, we had a media day, gosh, now it would have been maybe four or five years ago, and uh, P.J. Fleck, uh, when he was coaching at Western, he, he called the MAC. I asked him the question of like what MAC should meant to him, and I remember he said it's the conference of twos, and to your point, he said, you know, too, too slow, too small, and he just went on down the line, and that's how he <laughs> that's how he compared it. So as soon as you start with your answer, that that just popped right in my head because he always mentioned that. And and two, in the MAC, I feel it probably gets you ready because it seems that the MAC overall is a passing conference, right? I I mean, yeah, a lot a lot of yeah. the ball's flinging around a lot in our games. Yeah, yeah, um, and also I think we play we play in the Midwest, right? So we don't always get the luxury of playing in good weather. Um, so it prepares you to play in the rain, the snow, um, on difficult surfaces. And I think that's something that, you know, some guys that play down in the South take for granted a little bit. Um, and all of a sudden they have to go play in, at Lambeau Field or in Chicago or up in New York and um, those areas that it, it hurts a little bit more to get hit or to give a hit or to do blocking or to catch a ball or to do things like that. But, um, you know with Maction playing on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights when it's freezing, uh, we get the luxury of figuring out how to do that. Question. If this is the conference of the twos, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, and, and they put you into that box. What do you think would be critical to your success? That's a really good question. I think, uh, what's critical to my success, I think is the understanding that as a wide receiver, you have one job right? mm-hmm. to catch a ball. Um, you're not supposed you, – you, the description of receiver isn't to be the fastest on the field, isn't to be um, the quickest on the field, it's to catch a ball and advance the, advance the ball down towards the end zone and then eventually score a touchdown. Um, and I think what's critical to my success is the understanding that, um, sure, I might not be like a blazer, like a top-tier fast player, um, but at the end of the day, I come down with the ball nine times out of ten, um, even in contested situations that create opportunities. And I think it's critical for my success for people to not forget what the job of a receiver is. It's not to be the fastest person on the field or to be the quickest, to be the one that always comes down with the ball. Um, 
And I think that would be critical to my success, just going through this process is, is hopefully people don't forget the one responsibility of a, of a receiver. And you bring that up, and we and speaking to you, you come from Miami of Ohio. We also have a Sean McVay who just won the Super Bowl, but his key player was uh, Cooper Cup, who was yeah. also not fast enough, not strong enough, but he also came out and produced. Do you look at him at any way, knowing Sean McVay is there, might have an extra spotlight on him, and also how he broke down the film or broke down schemes in the in a post game interview? Is that anything that you look at? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's definitely something that I look at. Um, that's something that I've really dedicated into my game is the understanding of how to um, beat a defense, not an individual player. Because mm-hmm. um, when you get to the next level, you don't have guys that are just playing mano y mano. They might be in man coverage, but the cornerbacks understand where their help is, how to play man within the confines of the defense. And as a receiver, if you don't understand um, – what the defender is trying to do to you to cover you um, as a defense, then you can't truly understand where the holes, the gaps, how to run a route to get open. Um, you have to have an incredibly high IQ, I think, when you're not the fastest, not the quickest, because you have to be able to put yourself into, into successful situations um, mentally that other guys can put themselves in physically. Um, and I think Cooper Cup does an amazing job of that. I mean, when you hear him break down film, and even Sean McVay, um, he, he explains it really well, too, is just how to beat a defense strategically um, and game plan to beat a defense rather than just putting your best athlete out there and saying, go beat him. Because I think at the NFL, everybody's a good athlete. You know, um, you don't – you really rarely see a guy out there that's not a great athlete. So um, it comes down to the IQ portion of the game. and. Uh, Cooper Cup does a really good job at Sean McVay game plans really well for that. And I'm sure it gives you a little, I don't want hope's the wrong word to use here, but when you guys, when you see guys like Julian Edelman, when you see Greg Jennings, when you see Scotty Miller, I mean, these are all guys that came from our conference that have, and I could go on and on, mind you, but we, we don't have that much time, but those guys got to give you a little like, Hey, like I, I, I'm built for this too. Like there's, there's some successful, I mean, I just named, three names that are all making it and two guys yeah. that, uh, I mean, that's, that's gotta be like, Hey, uh, it, it, from a conference standpoint and, and from a school like Miami, like even though it's the Mac, even though it's a smaller school, like you can make a difference in, in the league. And we've had guys throughout the years to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely, definitely looking at those guys is always encouraging. Um, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really start, seeing those guys or learning about those guys until I was in college. Um, so for me, you know, my success has come from believing in my ability um, and the training and the preparation that I do before every game um, in the off season. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same for them. Um, you know, I didn't really have those guys that I was looking at when I was in grade school or middle school or high school. Sure. Um, I was more focused on how I can develop Jack Sorensen into the best receiver that he can be. Um, with my trainers and coaches that I had at the time. And those guys are great inspiration. Um, but, you know, I definitely I, – I hope I'm not – at the end of my NFL career, I hope I'm like – I hope I'm not a Julian Edelman 2.0 or a Scotty Miller 2.0 or a Cooper Cup 2.0. I hope people remember me as Jack Sorensen yeah. um, for whatever reason it is, hopefully good reason. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely gives me inspiration seeing those guys do what they do in the league right now. It's, it's really cool. Sure. Yeah, it's important to be one of one. <laughs> um, yeah. Brett, Brett is your, your quarterback now. Uh, did, did you have any opportunity to talk to his brother? I know he's been in the NFL for a long time. A Super Bowl champion, I believe. His older brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. yeah. Yep. You had any time, opportunity to, to chat it up with him and get any pointers? Yeah, I, I've talked to Brett a little bit, um, and I've talked to his uh, his dad. Um, Blaine Blaine is super busy, so you know I, I really I try not to you know take up too much time with those guys. Um, but I've definitely I've, I've relayed. I've asked them to relay questions uh, to him just about the process. Um, when I was going through choosing an agent, um, you know, kind of how to vet out an agent and figure out who's good, who's bad, who can give me the in front of the right people. Um, and then throughout the process of just like how to approach it mentally, um, you know, because it's every day is a different emotion that's thrown at you. Um, one day someone's telling you that you're going to, you're going to make it and you're going to be drafted. And then the next day they're telling you, you know, Hey, he's not looking too good for you anymore. And, you don't really know what you did to put yourself in that situation of not getting drafted anymore and all that stuff. And it's a, it's a mental roller coaster. And I think the one thing that I've heard, you know, Brett and his dad tell me from what Blaine has said is, you know, you have to have the mental fortitude of believing that you are good enough to make it. Um, and that's what's gotten me here. And I believe that if I'm given an opportunity, a camp invite or free agent pickup, if I'm picked up in the late, in the late rounds, then, you know, I'll show a team. I'll show a team just like I have Miami, just like I have my high school, um, right. that I can add tremendous value added to a program, um, to a culture, to a winning success. And I think it just all starts with that mental fortitude of just understanding the process and understanding that you have to be consistent mentally, and you can't let all these outside noise of the draft, of the mock drafts, of the people that are tweeting certain things out about you. Um, you can't let that affect you. You got to kind of stay in your own lane and have your blinders on, and just be mentally tough to just keep pushing forward. Who who has who has been your mentor, or mentee, or anybody you've been able to confide in throughout this process? Yeah, um, you know my my receiver coach, uh, Coach Izzy. He's now at the Browns. Um, he's been a great help. Just talking with him, you know, he's seen the ins and outs of the process. Um, and it's kind of on the outside where he can see in and has, has like a bird's eye view of it while I'm kind of in the thick of the storm. So um, he's been, he's been a great mentor just to, you know, when I, when I do, when I am feeling an emotion um, and I want to talk to somebody, he's been able to um, definitely more like rationalize my thoughts and help me focus uh, and you know, kind of keep on the train tracks. Um, and then also my receiver coach back home, Landon Cox, he's been through the process. He went to NIU and, similar situations coming into the draft and um so he's been able to you know kind of give me perspective um a realistic perspective into you know what this what these next couple months and years might look like sure I, i'm not gonna lie jack we we need a guy like you in cleveland I mean, i'm just gonna throw that out there i know you have no say but we do we do we need a guy like you in cleveland um that being said i know you would uh want to be on any team but I also yeah. remember from a past conversation, you're you're a big Packers guy, right? What would it mean if just if everything fell correctly? And I know that everything falling correctly means you're getting a chance in the NFL. Yeah. But if you put on, if if you were suiting up in Lambeau, what would that mean? Yeah, I think it, you know um, personally, it would be it would be amazing. I have um, my whole entire extended family lives in Green Bay, so. It would just be an awesome support staff. I get to, you know, finally live close to family and 
be around him a lot. Um, you know, football, on a side note, one thing I don't think people realize is how much time football takes and being a Division One athlete takes. You know, you don't get all the holidays. You don't get the summers. You don't get those opportunities to go see your family. So it, w- it would just be awesome getting to be back there and, you know, seeing them. Um, and also, I think it'd be great to, you know, play with veterans. Um, I, I'd get to, you know, play with um, Alan Lazar, Randall Cobb. Um, I'd get to obviously learn from Aaron Rodgers, who's debatably one of the best quarterbacks to play. Um, so it, just the opportunity um, to learn and to, to grow uh, as a football player would be awesome. And, you know, the personal aspects of it would be great too. Sure. I mean, I, I think uh, I wanted to take things off um... – the field for a second here. I went through, uh, I've, I've known this for a while, but I went to, to make sure I was right. But you and your girlfriend actually started a, a non pro or a, the passion projects. Um, can yeah, you tell yeah. me, can you tell us what, what that's all about and kind of, uh, how that's been going for you? And I wanted you to be able to pub kind of what you're doing, but tell us that whole background and, and what that's all about. Yeah. So, you know, my girlfriend, she is, she has the biggest heart of any person I've ever met. Um, she wants to hopefully eventually do something in the social work field, working with foster care kids. Um, and, to, and to go in that, that line of work, you have to have a tremendously big heart um, and you have to really have a passion for people. Um, and she does, which is, it's, it's beautiful. And uh, so I think, you know, just the, the platform that I have where maybe there's some people that might listen um, to what I, what, you know, I think is, is important. Um, Seeing that platform and you know seeing what she wants to do, we thought it would be an awesome opportunity to start a nonprofit and try to cultivate some change in areas that we feel uh, is needed. Um, so what we have recently done is for the Iowa University Pro Day and then uh, the Miami Pro Day, we uh, held two fundraisers, kind of like a bench press for reps style fundraiser, where you could pledge an athlete, you could uh, um, sponsor an athlete and pledge a certain amount of money per rep they complete. Um, and for Miami, we were focused on women advocacy. So just bringing awareness to sexual assault, um, you know, providing resources to different communities, um, allowing people to be aware that it's a relevant issue that's going on in, in a lot of places right now. And just for people to keep their eyes open and to start asking questions and creating conversations about it. And then at Iowa, um, they have a strong um, connection with their Iowa Children's Hospital. So we did something with them just with their general fund of hopefully raising or raising some money to, you know, allow allow more kids to receive treatment um, and for research. Um, and then what the Passion Project is going to be is we're going to try to serve as a third, kind of like a, um, the best way I can explain it is like a Deloitte, so like a consultancy, a consultancy company for other nonprofits to come to um, that we can help them, um, receive a resource, whether it's funding, whether it's, um, the understanding of how to forecast, whether it's operations management, whatever it is that's kind of holding them back from achieving the sustainable growth in the communities that they want to have, um, and the change that they want to have, then we will help provide that for them. Um, and, and mentor them in any other way they need to be. So we, we serve as more of like a consultancy group for other nonprofits. That's awesome stuff. Uh, awesome stuff from you and your girlfriend. Uh, my my cousin played uh, ball at Iowa, and uh, I mean, I still think that the wave and the tradition that they have there 
um, you know, given the wave up to that children's hospital is like one of the best things in college football. So uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to hear that you're linked up with that is uh, is is awesome. And uh, what you guys are are trying to do is is uh, like you said, that that's like God's work right there. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And to, to, the, to that point, too, um, I've gotten to play Iowa twice. And I think that is one of my favorite game day traditions yeah. I've ever gotten to experience is, is, I, is that the, at the end of the third quarter that they do that? Yes. The wave? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And you get to see all those kids standing up there and supporting you and you get the opportunity to support them a little bit, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a very cool thing. So the fact that you're linked up with that hospital is, is really a, a special thing. So yeah, I got more power to you guys. I hope it continues and that you uh, hit all your goals. Yeah, I agree with that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's a, that's a great initiative right there. Um, going back to Miami, six years, can, can, can you cultivate that for me and tell me what does it feel like to, to have to legally through the NCAA stand to, to hang up your jersey? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, six years in any place is, is long enough to, to create and cultivate some amazing relationships with coaches, with players. Um, you know, you create a second family. So I think aside from, from you know, not having the – the sure thing that you're going to be playing football for however many years. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the hardest part was leaving um, the, the program, just leaving the people, the coaches and, and their families and um, the players that, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to play with for two, three, four, five, and then the guys that I went out with six years. Um, that was definitely the hardest part. Um, you spend, yeah, like I said, you spend six years anywhere. You create some amazing relationships and some amazing bonds with people. So um, that that was difficult. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as football, um, that was yeah, that was tough. You know, you you believe that you will have the opportunity to play football, um, but there's a certain amount of chance that plays in that that you get the opportunity in the right situation and you fit and. Um, you know, because you've seen and I've seen and everybody's seen some amazing players that just don't find their opportunity um, and then their career's over. And, you know, there's always that chance. And hopefully I'm not that and I don't believe I am. But, you know, you, there's always that fear in the back of your head that you might have played your last down of football. And that's uh, that's always that's always a scary thought. But I don't believe I have. And I believe I'll, you know, play for a while longer. So. I have uh, one follow-up to that and then one final question. But uh, now that yeah. you're done, uh, favorite Chuck Martin story? Do you have one? Oh, my you, <laughs> there's probably a, a lot, right? Do you, does one stick out? As soon as I say that, is there something that's stuck in your mind? Um, that you're able to tell, at least? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. No more up-downs. No more up-downs no up for you. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I think... I think some of my favorite Chuck Martin moments um, are probably we, we had every Friday in the off season we'd have these. Um, oh no, it's actually probably this. And I don't know if you'll you know, you might get mad at me for telling people his workout regimen regimen, but um, so him and his son Max um, they would they would get on these you know work little workout kicks um, and it was it was just so funny you know being being a being a head coach you. As a player, you believe that, you know, they understand some about how to, you know, program a little bit or work out and do stuff. And um, and we would be stretching in the indoor or something, and we'd 
or, or be in the weight room doing some extra mobility stuff. And we'd see uh, Coach Martin come down and start lifting, and he would do, you know, one bench press, like one rep of bench press, and get up, do three crunches, walk around the, the, the field one time, go back to the bench and maybe do one more rep and then would like look at a pull-up bar. I think you'd get his <laughs> mental reps in there. And then you would like grab a couple, a couple dumbbells, do like three or four curls and then would go back up to his office. We were like, what, what just happened? <laughs> that was like the most chaotic workout I've ever seen in my life. Um, but Hey, I mean, it, it works for him. So that's, that's hey, you're doing something, right? You're doing something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny. We might have to find a cartoon doodler to to, oh, to, yeah. to bring that to life. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's that's good stuff. That that was good. You did you did good there. I know we put pop that on you, so that was that was pretty good. Yeah, um, that was my that was my PG PG story. Yeah, sure. To 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 sum this all up, um, the last question, and you've talked a lot about it, but if if you have a last answer to sell yourself to an NFL team, the, the floor is yours. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think uh, for, for me, my selling point, like I said before, um, is the person that I am and the, and the character that I have and, and the culture that I understand how to create. Um, I think the NFL is shifting to, to a more focus on the quality of the player um, as a person. Um, and we've seen, you know, through – different people and I'm not going to name who those guys are in the NFL, but I'm sure everybody can think of a few of guys that have joined teams that are star players that have had detrimental effects to the locker room, um, to, you know, the overall success of the team. Um, and I think my selling point for teams is I know I can produce as a football player. Um, I think my production over the past four or five years has, has shown that. Um, so that, that's not my selling point. I think, you know, anybody that can read stats and understands football knows that I can play football. I think my selling point is that I'm a high-quality individual that understands how to win and create a culture, a sustainable culture of winning um, through promoting individual growth, both, you know, physical, mental, emotional, um, and understanding how to do that as a cohesive unit while everybody else has their own individual goals, but then how to cultivate one, one team goal. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in that. And I think I've done a really good job over the past five, six years. And then in high school too, learning um, through failures, um, but learning how to do that effectively and efficiently. Um, and I, I'm not obviously going to come in and try to change the culture of a program as a first year guy, um, you know, I want to come in and learn from the veterans and learn from the coaches and learn what the culture is. But eventually, um, you know, I, I do know how to um, change something that's good and make it great. Um, and I think that's my selling point for um, me as a player is, is I understand how to do that at a very high level. And I've done it at every level um, pretty well. So um, aside from the football aspect of it, I think, you know, I, I bring that as a, as a character individual. And I think that's very important. It's important to have those intangibles that um, that, that that aren't shown on the football field, but they do come out on the football field because that teaches you communication, leadership, knowing when to take a step back, knowing when to, to, to take over the, the locker room or take over the huddle. So it's th- yep. those are, to me, are very important 
characteristics to have to be successful, not just in football, but any any time of your life. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, there you have it. Uh, Miami's Jack Sorensen. Uh, you know, you're an extremely easy guy to root for uh and and we'll be hoping to hear your name during draft week and you know obviously it goes without saying if your name's not called I know you're going to make a difference uh, at someone's camp um and I think it's been we can all see that the dream doesn't die for anyone just if if their name's not called on draft weekend or draft day but you know we'll be we'll be rooting for that to happen and um all the stuff that you've outlined today I mean you, you sold you sold me you saw me, and I've seen the catches. I've seen this. I mean, we've all seen the Sports Center highlights. We've seen the 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 SC top ten grabs that you've been making throughout all these years. So I think uh, that that with all the intangibles that you've talked about uh, would make you a great fit for for a program. So you know, best of luck to you, and thanks again for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Take care. Yep, you too. Baby, now I got the flow Cause I knew it